Hi, I'm Debbie Harbeck, and I'm a certified life coach working with women in midlife and through the menopause transition. So each week, I'll be sharing the latest information, inspiration, and generate some momentum so you can move forward and feel more in control of your changing midlife body and your life. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to the Midlife Momentum Podcast. I'm so glad you're here today because today I'm talking about learning to live without added sugar. So I'm just fresh off of a 30-day challenge and we did 30 days with less or no added sugar. And this is a very timely thing because Halloween, I mean, was just yesterday. So I know a lot of us are like, what? Not at this time of year. There's so many temptations at this time of year. And it just seems like this is not a good time (laughs) to go without added sugar. But I say there is no real easy time to do that. It's kind of like just having to rip off that Band-Aid because I think the anticipation is often a lot worse than just the pain of getting it done. So as I said, I launched this 30-day challenge. I was looking for some company. That's why I sent it out to all of you, to my audience. And although I don't eat a lot of sugar... I was in the habit of having it every day. I would have a couple of cookies with tea. I'd have dessert after dinner, um, maybe a little bit in the afternoon when my cravings were generally the highest for sugar. And I had done this over time and I was really kind of resistant to giving these things up, to be honest. I didn't think, you know, I'm not having that much sugar, so maybe I, I can live with it. But the fact is, I know my body is changing. I know that there's things I could do better. And so this was something that was really important to me. And I thought if I have company, if I have, you know, other people doing it with me, this will be a lot more fun and a lot more doable. Because I wasn't even sure I could do this. I wasn't 100% sure this was even possible for me. But What happened was I did stick with it. I stuck with the plan I made and that plan did include a little bit of sugar. I didn't completely eliminate it for the month because I had my birthday at the beginning of October and I had Thanksgiving in there here in Canada. So I wanted to have a piece of pumpkin pie. So I did make allowances for those things. But other than that, I really did reduce and pretty much eliminate the added sugar. But I wasn't eliminating natural sugar. So that is something important I want to add. It wasn't about taking out all the sugar, like all the sugar from whole fruits, for instance. But of course, it was also being aware that, yeah, fruit juices, although they might not have sugar added, they're really a condensed form of of fruit. They take out all the good stuff and basically just give us the sugar. So that is something to consider as well. Today, what I want to share with you is what I've learned from these 30 days of eliminating sugar. And the first thing I'd say I've learned is that there's sugar in so many foods, even things that you don't expect. There's sugar in tomato sauce, spaghetti sauces, chilies, soups, most salad dressings, marinades, sauces, so many things. It's in so many packaged foods and drinks, and it's kind of ridiculous. And if you're reading labels, you might not even realize that you're eating sugar because sugar has so many names. Some names are simple, like molasses and honey and maple syrup. We've seen these. We know what these are. But others are more complicated, like galactose or maltodextrin or deribose. So whatever the name, we've gotten used to food tasting sweet, even if we're not aware of it. 
So what happened to me about three quarters away through this challenge in October, my partner made a lasagna using a store-bought sauce, which of course had sugar added. And after three weeks of me going with very little sugar, it was crazy how sweet that lasagna tasted. But it makes me realize how I've been tricked. We've all been tricked. And that kind of pisses me off (laughs) because food companies are adding sugar because sugar makes us want more. It's, It's a strategy for them to get us to buy more product. It triggers cravings. And then we end up eating foods we didn't want to eat in quantities beyond what we were even hungry for. That really just makes me angry. And to be honest, that anger is part of what fueled me all this month. It made me feel kind of powerful. I felt like it was taking a stand for my health by not giving more money to those companies. So yay me this month. (laughs) That was part of what felt so good. So by reading labels, I got really familiar with products I no longer want to choose and new ones now that I do want to choose. And so that takes me to the next thing that I learned, which was without sugar, I have more energy. So since I stopped eating most sugar, I've noticed I don't get as tired during the day. I don't feel as sleepy in the afternoon, probably because I don't get those sugar lows after the sugar highs. Although first, I admit, it didn't, I didn't feel so great. I went through a few days, probably of kind of withdrawal, of feeling a little bit irritable, and I recognize it was probably just due to less sugar. Other people in the challenge also noticed similar irritability, some anxiety, some even a little bit of depression, I would say, as they were letting go of sugar. But keeping it up, I eventually got past that, and now I just feel good. And I even noticed that I've got less upset stomachs this month, which is something that frequently happens to me. So I will chalk that also up to less sugar. Not to mention, I just feel more positive because I've proven to myself that I can do this. And it's not even as hard as I thought it would be. So what I also learned this month is it's so easy to focus on what's missing So if you're taking away sugar, it's easy to focus on the sugar you're not having, the treats you're not enjoying, the fun and freedom everyone else seems to be having because they're eating sugar. But this month, I really had to focus on what I was gaining. The whole reason I launched this challenge was to feel better in my own body. And I knew because the science is kind of irrefutable that sugar causes inflammation and inflammation is linked to what... Peter Atia calls in his book Outlive, he calls the four horsemen, heart disease, cancer, neurogenerative disease, which means like dementia, Alzheimer's, and type 2 diabetes and all other metabolic diseases. So I know that sugar isn't good for us, especially not in the quantities we consume them. But I had kind of gotten complacent in my life. I was eating desserts, I was buying cookies because I was focused on what was missing, So I had to do a full focus shift (laughs) to look at what I was gaining, a chance at a longer, healthier life with less issues, less issues that are likely to land me in the hospital or put me on medication. So I'm kind of gaining freedom. And each day now I need to remember that's what I'm gaining. I know the allure of sugar is strong, but I know that I am stronger when I'm feeding myself the right information. So that's what I learned. The next thing I learned was saying no. So this is one that I learned 
But also uh, many of the participants in the challenge mentioned it too, that learning to say no is hard. But when you do it, you have to learn how to feel good about it. Because the thing is, in our lives, we all have these people in our lives who are sugar pushers, right? These people who insist we have some of their family's traditional apple pie or their famous snicker bars when we get together with family or friends or even at the office. And maybe we're the sugar pushers sometimes, right? So this challenge made me a lot more aware that there are polite and even silent ways to say no. And that it's important to respect it when someone says no to the sugar you're pushing. And if saying no to somebody feels like we're rejecting them or whatever, and it makes us feel uncomfortable, we can add that we can't eat sugar because it makes our stomach swell, which honestly it does because that's called inflammation. Or we can say that we're pre-diabetic or that diabetes runs in our family or whatever excuse might feel right to you and might, might cushion that little blow or that discomfort that you're feeling. So all month I've been able to say no because of the 30-day challenge, but now I feel like I can say no and feel confident in that, even beyond the challenge. And I'm not going to be pushing sugar on anyone who doesn't want it. And finally, the last thing I learned and the last thing I'm going to take away is that I can live without added sugar. And it's true. There is life beyond sugar. And I had my doubts if I'd be able to to last the whole month without it. You know, like I said at the beginning, I don't eat a lot of or drink a lot of sugar. I still eat enough though that it's become a bit of an addiction. It helps me get through the day. I look forward to the cookies. I look forward to the dessert. It kind of becomes kind of like a crutch. So the first thing I discovered was that I could forego dessert and it wasn't even that hard. Dessert has always been a thing for me. And although it feels like it wasn't a big deal, it's become kind of a necessity. And I'm glad I gave up that attachment. I also found other snacks to replace the cookies and cakes I enjoy with my tea. And dates have been a really great addition. So I've been having maybe three dates. It doesn't really take that many, but they're enough of a treat to make me feel like I'm satisfied. And they're a whole food. They have good amounts of fiber, potassium, magnesium, iron. Uh, They've got all this good stuff in them. A lot better than just sugar, which doesn't have anything. So I would make a snack of almonds and dates in the late afternoon. And that really, really helped me. Although early in the month, I did, like I said, I had a piece of birthday cake. I had a slice of pumpkin pie. But I had planned them before the challenge. And... After that, I surprisingly did not crave any sugary dessert. Although I have to say that my partner was very supportive. So he wasn't bringing any sugary desserts into the house, which really helped. And now that I've gone 30 days with very little sugar, I feel like I want to continue. It really doesn't feel like it's that hard or restrictive. But I'll still have sugar from time to time. I'm not going to make it uh, something I'm never going to have again. I'm still going to plan to have it maybe once a week and I'm going to enjoy every single bite of it. I'm going to pick something I really want and enjoy every bite of it. The point is I feel free from sugar, which is fantastic. I don't need sugar to make me feel good. I have other foods to do that. I have other ways to do that. I can go out for a walk and feel good. So there's so many other things we can do without sugar in our lives and it is possible. So 
I just want to know, have you ever considered reducing or eliminating sugar or do you not have added sugar in your diet at all right now? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what your experience is. And if you, it is something you want to try or you're a little afraid to try, I know it's challenging because it was challenging for me too, but it is doable and I'd love to help you. So you know where to find me if you want some help for eliminating sugar or just even reducing sugar. I can help you with that. I just want to thank you for listening to this episode today. I am so grateful you chose to join me. And if you enjoyed or even learned something valuable from this episode, I'd love you to rate it on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're using to listen. I really appreciate it. And I'll be back next week with a fresh new episode. So keep moving forward and bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midlife Momentum Podcast. If you want to learn more about working with me, come visit me at debbieharbeckcoaching.com. That's Debbie, I-E, Harbeck with a C, coaching.com. See you next week.